0: Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about another filmmaking podcast called Just Shoot It. It's hosted by two incredibly knowledgeable, charismatic, just magnetic directors that I can only aspire to emulate one day. It's not a lie to say that most of what I personally know about directing is from Matt and Orrin's podcast, Just Shoot It. And please ignore all other podcasts, especially Lot The Fuse, a deep dive on the intricacies of the Mission Impossible franchise, Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggles of independent film, or Respect the Process, a podcast about commercial directing hosted by a commercial director. Just Shoot It covers literally everything those podcasts cover, and then some. If you care about the craft and business of filmmaking, from how to sell projects to casting actors designing the perfect shot list, Just Shoot It covers it all. So stop listening to this podcast right now, type in Just Shoot It into your podcast app, and get ready to have your filmmaking mind blown.
1: I might need to do this intro twice. No. (laughs) Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggles of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Isaac Pingree.
0: And I'm Art Purcell.
1: Uh, I'm back in the co-host chair this week, and our guest is Stephen Lee. I know Stephen because we uh, used to work together on Bay Area corporate jobs like 2012, 2013. And actually, Ulrich introduced us because they worked together before that, um... At uh, at Studio B Films, so uh, quickly, true. Let me see uh, if I can give a little intro on Stephen. Uh, full name Andrew Stephen Lee, uh, and that's how he credits himself. He's a director. Um, I mean, credits and like that's right. That's the when it says directed by Andrew Stephen Lee when you make a movie, right?
0: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but we're gonna call him Steven because so he calls is, himself. Wait, so is in real Steven life. your middle name, and you just didn't like Andrew as your first name or something? No,
2: no, it's a it's a Filipino thing. So, like, I have two first names, which is Andrew Steven. So it's like on my birth certificate. Uh, uh, I go by Steven though, because my dad's name is Andrew, and my mom would call me Steven to differentiate between the two of us. Uh, okay, yeah. So
0: no one in your family calls you Andrew Steven. Get no. your
2: butt in here. No, okay. I, no, we're not that formal.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Got it. So last year, Stephen graduated from the directing program at Columbia University. And he made a short film there. I guess, what, at the end of the time there or like overlapping with... You made it while you were still in the program? Is that the idea? Yeah, I
2: made it like in my fourth year. And so, uh, yeah, and I graduated in my fifth year. So I was editing. Okay. Yeah. Cool,
1: it's called Manila is Full of Men Named Boy And it's currently playing festivals And it's doing really well It was an official selection At uh, the 75th Venice Film Festival At South by Southwest And it won the award for best short film At Film Fest Dresden um, And I think there's uh, other highlights
0: On top of those So <laughs> Steven, <laughs> list your highlights <laughs>
2: list, list the highlights get, No, get you don't need to
1: <laughs> well, list. Uh, so I, that was my little bio for you. What's your little bio? Like, do you have to write a little bio for these film festivals?
2: What do you say about yourself? Yeah, I gotta. It kind of changes from 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 bio to bio. There's there's one bio that has like my birthday on it, so some people can know when I'm exactly born. But um, no, but yeah, uh, I what guess you I was were born you exactly born 1988. All right, yeah, I'm I'm a baby. I'm 30 um but so uh yeah I, I was born in the bay area um i
1: thought you were a bigger baby than that i, <laughs> I thought i was more than two years older than you really or whatever it is yeah
2: are you both
0: 32
1: i'm 33 but i was born in 86 uh, i'm
0: i'm 34 so i am more than two years older than you oh, but wow. uh you know that's just the way it is um it yeah but uh, wait, did you finish your bio? You got to finish. Yeah, telling. yeah. I was born in the. He Bay only area. gave the year he was born. <laughs> I didn't even expect him to start that early in the bio. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need to go. That you can just talk about like what you do now and who you are, yeah, yeah, like po- post graduating, whatever.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. I went to Columbia. I-, I did my undergrad at Loyola Marymount University. Then I came back to the Bay Area and worked. I worked for this uh, Magnum photographer named Jim Goldberg for like three years, and then. Yeah, I applied to graduate school, got in to Columbia University, made a few films there. Um, and now I graduated. I graduated 2018 in May, and I'm just working as like a freelance editor while I'm trying to write and do my own sort of artistic work, you know, and that's pretty. Nice. a director. Yeah, I guess a director.
0: Yeah. Oh, are, do you produce for other people too? Or are you like only interested in directing for yourself?
2: Um, I'll occasionally produce. Um it's not something that like I like I'm actively pursuing, but you know, uh, I like it, you know, especially if it pays. <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. Um, so you're the second um like Columbia grad that's been on the podcast oh, uh, really? from the directors program. Yeah. Oh, who's so the other one? one? Of our, Rob Rickert. Do you know Rob?
2: No. When when did he yeah,
0: graduate? Probably I've uh, two years before you started, roughly. Oh okay. Um, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, and then um, you know, I've I've produced or co produced a couple shorts uh, with him, uh, oh, cool. with him directing. And then okay. he just went on to produce, um, or co produce Last Black Man in San Francisco, which is come oh, out. And, oh wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah, very cool. Oh, that's but he has cool. a he, His story is really interesting. But um, anyways, like the thing that I asked him that I'm really curious about, and this isn't following Isaac's outline, unfortunately, but we can get to that (laughs) later. (laughs) But I'm just curious, like after going through the Columbia Director's Program, like when did you graduate? You graduated like a year ago or something?
2: Yeah, it would be a year ago. Exactly a year ago.
0: So, what's life been like since you graduated Columbia? Like, do you feel like that experience has helped you grow as a filmmaker in a big way? Do you feel like you're kind of back where you started uh, before you graduated or before you went through the program? Like, how how is how are things now?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, y- <laughs> it's yeah. like
0: we just walked into the
1: movie theater and all except uh, yeah, you know, cutting <laughs> to ju- the area. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs>
0: nice plus Isaac (laughs) yeah
2: no it's um I mean you know it's if you know am I like am I artistically fulfilled I mean yeah I guess so I, I guess I don't have as much anxiety as I used to you know when I first graduated I think I I think it's just all about me kind of figuring out how to do this thing you know the film industry is like a incredible like labyrinth you know and and i'm just kind of you know taking my time and feeling it out now um don't know exactly how to get there but i feel like it's a it's a zigzag and i'm you know slowly kind of figuring it out well how did you know then okay you want to go back now i'm not going
1: back i'm in the present good good what is happening now with the movie with uh, Manila's Full and Men named Boy.
2: Yeah, so we, we're playing some, you know, we're playing festivals right now. Uh, it's kind of like on its last le- uh, last legs in terms of its tour. Uh, we got like really lucky, uh, you know, premiering at like Venice, and then it kind of opened up a lot of other festival doors. Uh, people are kind of curious to see it. You know, a lot of people curious to see it. Still a lot of rejections, but, you know, it's been good. Um, you know, I think i think it's yeah it's opened i think that was the best thing that could have ended my whole like graduate school experience was like having like a a festival kind of tour and that's kind of what i wanted from from the experience and so yeah where else has it played besides the ones i mentioned or where's it played most
1: recently or what's coming up
2: um the one that's the it's also played at i guess um Busan International Film Festival, if you know that one, uh, clermont Ferran, which is a great short film festival. And- Busan
0: is huge, by the way. That's like a big one. Uh, I worked on a couple short films that they were. That's the, the was the whole goal was to get into Busan, and then we didn't get in. But uh, uh-huh. but yeah, Busan. What well, did you go? I didn't. You- yeah. No, no, no. Oh! Oh my god Why not, i know man? well dear so lord
2: <laughs> part of part of the thing was that like my the film was like playing out of competition and then i think with that they don't pay for like a lot of oh, expenses yeah. to go out sure, and, sure. and like just traveling around doing the festival circuit is so expensive you like i yeah. have to like really you know be uh you know make an economic decision about like what to attend and yeah you know, I wish I was rich and so I could just attend right. everything and I could you know party with with uh, big wigs and models every day but you know can't do so that. it was
0: yeah well I mean obviously you went to South by Southwest right Like yeah of yeah yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that was awesome yeah that, that was, was easy yeah. that
2: was amazing yeah
0: yeah yeah did you go have you traveled at all internationally with the film or just in, in the States
2: no you know i i traveled to there's this great festival in switzerland called Winterthur that i went to it's a great they have like really great curation uh they show like you know pretty they show a mix of like narrative films and i think pretty uh you know um experimental art films that i quite liked um where else did they go um that's awesome yeah um
0: well i I think think that probably makes sense I mean, cause like I got into two international film festivals with my short many, many mm-hmm. years ago and mm-hmm. I obviously, same deal. I couldn't go to both. So I picked one, but it was like Mexico versus Toronto and I picked Toronto. Oh yeah.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But,
0: Yo. but yeah, I mean, you know, Switzerland versus Korea. I mean, I don't know, but Busan, I just, I don't know. I guess I've, that festival has been built up to me through these other filmmakers that I worked with. So that's why I
2: was like, Oh my God, <laughs> yeah, probably, <laughs> I would do everything. Yeah. It was probably a bad idea not to go. But, you know, nah, nah. Well, you know,
0: you're
1: doing fine. Well, what's happened at the festivals? Why would it be good or bad? Like, what's your experience been? Like, do you feel like you're taking away anything concrete from the from from going to some of these festivals?
2: I mean, a lot of the time now, I feel like you know, it's uh, I treat it as like a business. So I'm you know I'm like there, you know, meeting people, taking meetings. But you know, I think you know people are always. You know, they're kind of they're interested now, you know, nothing's like super solid or like concrete, like, oh, hey, I'm going to give you a bunch of money to do your next project. But like people are like, oh, what are you up to next? Da, 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 da. But I think the best thing to do at the festival is just meet other filmmakers and watch and watch films. I think like, you know, the best thing about South by is is like you meet a bunch of other filmmakers. It's this very sort of like um, tight knit, intimate atmosphere and you really kind of feel a camaraderie when you're there and you're like oh what we're actually like in this together you know mm-hmm. and it feels like there's you know it, it's cool it's like really feels like a family there and you're like oh yeah like i'm gonna you know make another film so i can keep hanging out with this family <laughs> that's cool
0: so my main question just sticking on the on the on the end part of it like you know like what's happening now so when you left columbia how did you get your first job as a freelance editor? Did you, was it through connections you made at school or was it like some other completely different way? Like how did the, the program prepare you, uh, you know, to just, you know, be a freelancer?
2: I I think it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, that's, that's a finicky one because Columbia like is really only like a directing and screenwriting um, program. They don't, have like you know a cinematography program or like a editing program or a production design program and so like you know while I was there you know I felt like I had you know was editing my own work and I felt really comfortable you know editing and I just had a friend who had that you know had this she she got a job at um, Harper's Bazaar and they were looking for like a freelancer to like edit you know, some web videos and maybe some Instagram videos or something. And she was like, Hey, are you available? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, I'll, uh, I'll do it. I'm, I'm not do it. Uh, I'm, I'm poor right now. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's what I did. And, and I think in terms of like Columbia, you know, preparing you for that kind of stuff, it, it's a, it's a hard question because I think that it's, you know, they're really like a theory based school. And so a lot of, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, The criticisms are, um, man, they're going to hate me for this. But like they don't, I think a lot of people don't come out with a lot of like technical knowledge, you know, uh, and, you know, like, like a place like NYU or USC or LMU or, you know, Chapman or, you know, you know, any of these schools that kind of revolve around the production side of of filmmaking. You know, I had worked in the post-production, you know, office, you know, they have like an editing kind of lab there and I you know started to do more of that and kind of took that into you know other jobs you know sort of like the avid workflow and 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 figuring that also figuring that stuff out and so yeah that's kind of how I transitioned out it was a very slow transition it wasn't like oh hey you went to Columbia I'm gonna hire you it's just like I still do like a lot of like random editing jobs like you know some days I'll do you know, an Instagram video or some days I'll do like a yoga video, but some days I'll be editing like a, you know, like a, you know, indie low budge feature or like a, a short, you know? And so it's kind of, it's kind of what I've done in the, in the last cool. couple, couple months. Yeah.
1: Well, let's go back nice. slightly to, uh, the start of, uh, Columbia stuff. So you're sure. in the Bay Area. You finished your undergrad at Loyola Marymount, as you mentioned, which was in L.A., and you decided not to stay in L.A. to come back to that yeah. area. <laughs> yeah. And then what yeah. made you decide to uh, that that kind of grad school needed to be
2: on the uh, next up? Yeah, I didn't stay in L.A. That maybe was a bad idea, <laughs> being the epicenter of the film. I, I, I actually moved back to San Francisco because of two things. I went to film undergrad and then I was like, man, I don't want to do film anymore. <laughs> and then my girlfriend at the time uh, was moving back to San Francisco or moving to San Francisco and it just seemed like a good idea. And I had this opportunity to, to work for, you know, this documentary photographer that I really admired and that was kind of that. And I moved back and, you know, I, I graduated 2010, which, which i Felt like was the lowest point of the recession, and so there were very like limited jobs, and so you know it was kind of lucky that I met Ulrich at Studio B. Um, you know, he was my boss, and you know I interned <laughs> for him, and- <laughs>
0: yeah. It was the best decision ever to hire Steven. It was really fun. <laughs> and then and then we ended up working together a bunch outside of uh Studio B after your internship was over. So Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: No, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good. It was a good it was a good experience, you know. And Yeah. Um yeah, and you know, Alrick showed me the ropes and you know, Studio B was kind of like my first intro to the, you know, the Bay Area film scene. And then I started like meeting more people, you know, like of course like Isaac and you know, uh um Jason Joseph and, you know, all these dudes who are kind of, I think like, you know, who, who I see now are like kind of killing it in the Bay Area. But like, um, you know, uh, but I guess, you know, what, what was happening was, um, you know, I kind of decided that, you know, photography, I, I was interning for this, uh, interning and then later became a studio assistant for Jim Goldberg. And i think maybe just seeing his process and his artistic thing you know and just seeing how hard he worked kind of like reassured me that like oh i'm not a photographer i just like photography a lot um and i was like okay so like what am i what 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 should i do now and and you know i, I made a few music videos uh, because some friends from undergrad encouraged me they're like hey like you should still make films and and so I started doing that and it kind of like, you know, one thing led to the next and it kind of gave me more courage and and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll apply to to graduate school. Uh, I don't know what, I don't really know what that means, but you know, it sounds like a good idea. I mean, I didn't really have any other other options I felt like because it was so hard to find work. Where'd you apply? Um, I did AFI, UCLA, NYU. Columbia, um, and USC. And I got rejected from AFI and NYU. And I think if I would have gotten in, I probably would have gone to either two of those. But I'm, I'm super happy to have gone to Columbia now. I think it was really the best fit for me. And you got into USC and in Columbia? Uh, I didn't get into... Uh, I got into USC, but I didn't get into UCLA. So I was like, what, two for five? <laughs> and so, uh, but you had
1: a choice still. I mean, because you had... You could have gone LA... And yeah, USC or New York in Columbia. Yeah,
2: and the thing and by is, the way, I went
1: zero for three. I think when I applied to grad school, and then just gave up.
2: Oh, you should have applied to two more than you would have. <laughs> yeah, no, I probably
1: not. I was just kind of clean zero
2: for five. But anyway, go ahead. Um, no, yeah, um, yeah. I got into USC, and I was deciding between USC, and it was a hard decision because you know my girlfriend that I moved to San Francisco with, she went to graduate school in she was going to graduate school in Southern California at UC Irvine. And I was deciding between USC and Columbia. And, you know, she was like, well, if you go to USC, we'll be really close. But if you go to Columbia, we'll be like away from each other for like two years. And I was like, well, I think like maybe Columbia is where I should go. You know, USC's program was kind of redundant of, um, of what I had experienced at LMU, you know, and so mm. not that's not in uh, that's not a criticism at all, that's just my personal kind of you know relationship to it. And so, um, you know, I, I, you know, Columbia was had more of the interests that I had, you know, I wanted to, you know, see what they what were talking about, you know, with directing and 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 screenwriting, and so I chose Columbia, and then, uh, wow, that's off. crazy. I mean,
0: because I don't know, like it's just a completely I mean, they're two great choices, obviously, right? Like USC versus Columbia. But the thing about USC that seems to be like why that might appeal more to me if I was thinking about grad school is just the connections that you get out of USC and being in Los Angeles, you know, because New York has its own connections and everything. But I, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like. Like that's where like a lot of famous directors started. Like you know, Ryan Coogler went to USC. Yeah,
2: you know, so
0: many Ryan Johnson and so many others. It's just like. But but what about Columbia? Like so, you you kind of said Columbia appealed to you more because of the writing and directing approaches. Yeah. But can you be more specific about like why? Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and and was it because you wanted to be in New York because you liked New York, or was it purely because of the school? Like sounds what like was he just decision? wanted to get away from Blair. That's how he made it. Yeah. Well, she's
1: my wife now, so yeah, we got
0: married, Oh damn! Yeah. There you go. So yeah, we've been oh, together yeah, for yeah, like nice. ten years. Kidding. You made it work then.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we made it work. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I think you know, Columbia's Columbia's great. You know, they. I think it just you know my personal philosophy with film kind of aligned with it. You know, in my interview, um, I you know the the two interviewees, um, one of them who actually became my mentor at, at Columbia, his name's Eric Mendelson. He and I had this like you know forty-five minute conversation about the master. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master and he was like you know what film did you see recently that really affected you and I was like oh yeah I just saw this movie called The Master it was like amazing like you know we just he's like well what do you think it's about and you know I was telling him like oh I think it's like you know it's 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 a it's a love story between like two men who are trying to who who can't be together because they're too different from one another and you know, he, you know, we, we started talking about like the master and, you know, the form of it. And I was just like, wow, like, you know, this, I guess this is, it. I just really connected to, you know, the, the conversation and, and, you know, and, and Eric. And so I was like, well, I guess that's where I have to go, you know? And so, yeah, that's kind of what I decided. And I think, you know, during and my time. And New York's time, a I, cooler city than LA.
1: So if you got to live somewhere for a few years, yeah it seems like a cool place to be. And you'd already lived in LA.
2: Yeah. I mean, like. I yeah you know it was it was you know it was scary moving to New York but you know you know I had an anchor point you know so you know, it was good it was good I like it I, for the record I like LA a lot you know I know a lot of yeah you know, I like LA too
0: was your was your anchor point in New York Columbia or did you have someone else out here
2: that you knew or no, out here. I came entirely by myself I just like wow got in you know I you know my roommate at the t- I found my roommate on Facebook he um he was just like hey i have like a room open and i was like i'll take it you know and i did this all through the internet and so i just got to new york and i like had you know i had like three boxes that i like packed into the airplane um or took onto the airplane and i just moved to new york and and then that was that that was that was pretty scary um, wow yeah. And then
1: uh, you when you're at Columbia what like so now you move to New York in your first uh, semester there what are the classes called? you know what I mean like what are the what are the first three or five classes or however many you take in a whatever a course load is
2: Yeah yeah, yeah. so like at in your first year you essentially are taking you know directing one and directing two you're taking this amazing storytelling class by. Uh, this professor named Andy and called Elements of uh, Dramatic Narrative. Um, you're also taking this sort of collective class um, by the directing faculty called Fundamentals of Directing. And they're sort of like overview survey classes that address like direct, like, you know, directorial strategies and approaches by different, you know, sort of auteur directors and then sort of um, patterns of narrative structure um, through films that have um done really well you know like we you know we watch like a film like ugetsu and then the next week we'd watch a film like Tutsi, you know and we're just analyzing like structure and and how that works and and, um, and you know and applying and trying to figure out how to apply that to our own work and you, you obviously like write a, f- a feature in your first in your first uh in your first year and you're taking like directing actors classes I took I think three directing actors classes while I was at Columbia and so you kind of get you kind of get pushed into this thing that you know um this producing faculty member calls like a boot camp and he he likes he tells you to like surrender to the boot camp because literally it will like you know destroy like you really have no other time to have a life other than Columbia and a, a lot of like the the, uh, the advice from the other, you know, years that, that were, um, above me were like, you know, break up with your girlfriend, you know, like it will, it, this program ruins relationships. It takes so much time. And, and so, yeah, it was like an intense first year. And and then the second year gets harder. It's worse. And so, <laughs> so it was, uh, it was an experience, you know, um, it, it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of hard work, but one that I got through, I guess.
0: So, did you work while you were at Columbia, or did you just go to school?
2: Um, I do odd jobs every now and then, but I was, you know, I took out like, you know, student loans to sort of, you know, pay for everything. Wow, holy moly! Yeah, yeah, it's, Crazy. Uh, yeah. I was looking at my 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 loan debt the other day. I was like, oh Jesus Christ!
0: <laughs> oh man!
2: Yeah. Not. not um, fun. <laughs>
0: So this isn't really in line with uh, the conversation right now, but I just was been thinking about this. Yeah. Uh, So we talked earlier about like some of the directors that, you know, came out of USC and for other schools, but like, what are some of the directors that have come out of Columbia?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that like Columbia has like a really, you know, I think, I think what Columbia does is it creates like really opinionated filmmakers. Um, so like you, you'll have people like you know a good friend of mine um, who just made uh, his first feature called Love After Love. Um, um, his, his he had a he had a he had a short play at Sundance called uh, Rolling in the Floor Laughing and the director's name is Russell Harbaugh, um, phenomenal filmmaker. Really likes um, really influenced by uh, Maurice Pialat um, and you'll have like you know like the sort of like you know, art house, indie filmmakers like that. But then you'll also have like on the other spectrum, you know, uh, like Jennifer Lee is like one of our uh, alums and, you know, she directed uh, and co-wrote Frozen, you know, and, um, you know, she'll come back and talk to us and tell us what it's like, you know, about working with like, you know, Disney and, you know, what writing with them is like. And it's kind of like fascinating. You have like a, a spectrum of like different types of you know, um, people that will, um, you know, come and leave Colombia, And so, and so, yeah. Um, but the, uh, the directing faculty is amazing too. Like we have people like, um, um, Ramin Barani, um, who just made, uh, who, who's, who's, who's made like 99 homes, uh, chop shop main push cart, amazing, yeah. phenomenal films. Um, and then other people, you know, and filmmakers like Eliza Hittman, who um, who just made like Beach Rats, that one Best Director at Sundance, um, and um, um, and her first film, It Felt Like Love. You know, amazing, amazing filmmakers. You know, um, and nice exposure to a lot of different ideas about filmmaking. You know, interesting. So they're not really like, Columbia is
0: not churning out like you know, the blockbuster size kind of directors, they're more like the artistic, like Sundance winning indie style, like sort of filmmakers. That's sort of like what the program develops.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like um, I just don't remember off the top of my head, like a ton of like, I mean, these, I think these, you know, filmmakers leave an impression on me because that's the type of, those are the types of films that I want to make. You know, I'm sure, you know, so somebody... I remember
1: you talking about that even, uh, even like, before you went. I don't remember. Maybe it was you were deciding whether to go there or USC. But I just remember you talking about wanting to make films like Ozu and stuff and not what a what a lot of the other, you know, I forget, it must have been in the context of trying to choose between Columbia and USC.
2: Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, like, I guess it's Catherine Bigelow is like a, you know, pretty... She's like a big budget director right would you consider that yeah like she she's an alum of columbia but like went oh yeah back in the day and
0: right well yeah um, she she definitely would be in that
2: blockbuster category for sure um but yeah i guess for me like i've always kind of known that i've wanted to make you know these sort of like art house indies and you know that's kind of like from day one you know like this producer like this producing first year producing candidate like came up to me, he's like, you know, what kind of movies do you want to make? And I was just like, I guess, just like, you know, these personal art house films, like that's kind of all I want to do. And, and, um, and yeah, I, I guess I've kind of stuck to that. It, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of nice because, you know, I know exactly what I want to do. You know, I have a lot of friends who are kind of like, oh, maybe I should do TV or maybe I should do this and maybe I should do that. And I'm kind of just like, well, I'm I'm like ride or die for this, you know, this one thing. So... So that's a good segue to this
1: next question of how many films did you make in the program? Oh yeah,
2: I made five.
1: Oh wow, five, that's more than yeah. I expected. And you wrote a feature length script?
2: I wrote three. Oh, yeah, wow. they're all bad. <laughs> the, the, the The features were bad. The shorts were 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 were, were cool. So, I think
1: I've only saw what have I seen? I saw the the swimming pool one. Yeah, and I've that. seen the most the recent one. I don't know if I remember the other three.
2: Um, the those are the two that's had the most success is probably you know why oh wait there was like a laundromat one wasn't there yeah yeah, yeah that one was that one. my second year film um that one's called the sound of coins hitting brass my first year film that was a swimming pool one that one's called touch and then my thesis was called manila's full of men named boy and that one's had you know the most sort of quote unquote success if you want to see it that way i think yeah and So. Sure. And and are That's these the films out
0: <laughs> for people to uh, to see? Or are they all kind of
2: behind closed doors? I probably should release them, huh? Probably should make them. It's on <laughs> Vimeo on <laughs> Or something, yeah. The same guy, unless you hate them.
0: <laughs> the other filmmaker we had on from Columbia, same thing. He, none of his shorts are available online. Really? You just Interesting. yeah. I mean, and he's like had huge film festival success. tell you ride, South oh, by whoa, Southwest, cool. all yeah. all the you know all the big ones, and uh, yeah, he's the same way. And I'm like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> well, it makes sense if you don't want to show something that you think is garbage. If you have something good that's out in the world, but if you think it's,
0: I don't think he. Yeah, I don't my think movies he, are garbage. So I. <laughs> do you think your movies are garbage, Steven? <laughs> no, 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 I,
1: I Well, I, I'm saying like if you're if you're making a decision not to release it, right? It's because. no
0: but that's not what in in rob's case that's not why it's just because like he that's not not a focus for him yeah he's just it's not important but to me i feel like that's very important as a filmmaker for your work to be able to be seen by people you know
2: yeah you know i think for me there's you know certain um for for my earlier films there were certain copyright stuff that i was afraid of but i probably shouldn't worry about that but I think, um, yeah, I think in general, you know, I've been talking to more filmmakers that I meet on the festival circuit and they've been telling me that like, you know, just releasing their movies online has got gotten them, you know, just the amount of exposure that you get from it has helped a lot more than just having like a ton of, you know, festival accolades, you know? And so, um, so yeah, I probably should probably sometime soon. Yeah. Yeah. We should be less protective. It's Maybe an interesting this question comes of out. early stuff,
1: <laughs> yeah, like what to do with early stuff, and and it depends how you feel about it. Well, it's always I mean, in the school of like just release everything, but it's like I always think about what David Sedaris says, and I'm pro releasing your films, but like you know, he talks about how like he wrote for like every day for I forget whether it's like seven years or twelve years, it might be twelve years or something before he showed anyone anything. Hmm. And he's like... But he's like, that doesn't happen now. Because now everyone has, like, just post their stuff on a blog or on Medium or whatever before they're any good at actually writing. They have an outlet to share it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, doesn't recommend that.
2: Yeah, because I I think that, like, like... I think what happens, especially, like, you know, with, like, you know, YouTube personalities or something, they just accumulate so much content that, like, as soon as, like, you probably are getting some exposure to them, you've seen them at, like, their, you know, top game, you know, and I think that, you know, there's, uh, I think that there's something to be said about that, you know, I'm, you know, I was on, I just shot this, like, thing the other day where this YouTube personality was on, and she was, like, you know, she, I think she was maybe, like, 17 years old, but I was like, wow, I was really impressed with how, you know, how familiar, you know, with, with just, you know, public speaking she was. I was like, wow, this is, you know, mm-hmm. I don't even think that I could do right. this right now, you know. And and I think she just had so much practice at it. And now now she has like, what, like, I don't know, like 7 million followers or something. I don't know, whatever. But wow. like, you know, she just, I think, is exposed in a way that, you know, that people see like a particular... Um, projection of her because of the amount of stuff that she's accumulated you know Well,
0: well well here's my point isaac is that steven is at columbia you know he's already made a bunch of short films he's gotten you know most of the bad ones out of him at this point you know right so he's he's making these ones in this professional environment at this like prestigious school it's like those ones seem like no-brainers to be put out into the world you know like he's got other ones he can hide (laughs) back in on the shelf i I got
2: i got a ton i got a ton i can hide
0: (laughs) right exactly and i mean you know i am of the the sort of you know put everything out there kind of um mantra but like i don't like i like all my shorts even back to like when i was like you know, in high school, are available probably somewhere online, but I don't advertise them front and center. It's like you put the ones that you're proud of first, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Anyways, but oh, no, I agree s- with
1: that. But I think it's also like a personal decision. So it's like right, yeah. And I and the ones I've seen of his, I like, and I haven't. I would probably advise him to just throw those on Vimeo and, and let them right. find an audience. But yeah, I'll I, I can the bad totally ones. see somebody making a first year grad school short film that they would rather not have, right. you know. Have yeah, I'll, I'll,
2: sh- I'll share the bad ones and then you can maybe reconsider bringing me I'd on like podcast. Why <laughs> did you
0: post this in public? So a quick aside, uh, Simon Kinberg is also uh, a Columbia grad. So um, talking about big budget filmmakers, uh, definitely churning out some of those. Um, you guys know who Simon Kinberg is, right?
2: Yeah, 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 Deadpool.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean producer I of of Deadpool yeah. but he also produced um like all the recent X-Men movies and okay, then he's okay. di- he just directed Dark Phoenix which is about to come out. Okay. That's okay, his okay, that's yeah. his first feature. Oh whoa, is, okay, uh, okay, okay. is Dark Phoenix. So it's kind of amazing that he went from like this like super producer on all these comic book movies and now he's like yeah, going to release this um you know uh yeah, this big budget X Men movie as a first time director, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, that um, makes
1: sense, right? He was already working on big budget shit. Yeah, he but the the point is, is
0: that you know he's he's in the same category as like a Ryan Johnson or a Ryan Coogler or something, you know. So yeah, like Columbia yeah. does turn out those people too. Anyways, yeah. so my question to you, and this is probably like the million dollar question or however much your student debt is, <laughs> is like <laughs> what? Like if you didn't go to Columbia, would you have been able to make five short films and write three features or would that not have happened without the guidance that you got at Columbia?
2: You know, I probably would have, I probably would have, but it probably would have taken me like a longer time. You know, I think there's, you know, after every film, you know, even, you know, even for me, there's like a sort of processing and depression period. You're like, Oh man, what did I just make? and then you're editing you're like oh i guess this isn't that bad and i think that like you know because of because you're in a structure of columbia or in a graduate school you know per se i think that like you just don't have time to think like that you just are like well i just got to do the next thing and you're not like allowing yourself that time to 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 breathe and to process and, and and i think it's a it's it's i think it's healthy and probably not healthy at the same time you know and so um but you know i i think w- what i always think about it now is i think that what i the amount of work that i did in you know four years i personally uh it probably would have taken me like 10 years to do that and so, but would you have made five
1: short films i mean or would you have just made one and then made a feature um yeah i don't know and do you think there was
2: value in making all those short films I mean, I, w- I want to make another short film, I guess. I mean, I think everything that I made at Columbia, you know, was a reaction to the last thing that I made, you know. And in each short film, even though, like, you know, they're just shorts, they're kind of, I'm, like, testing something out that I, th- like, think in it. You know, I'm like, okay, so I'm testing out, like, oh, how to, how to, like, move the camera around so it's, like, less stiff or... How to you know direct actors more so they feel more real or or how you know how how can I test you know this storytelling idea that I have you know and so I don't know you know you know it, would I have made that in like by myself you know who knows uh, maybe I don't know I definitely wouldn't have written a feature I had never written a feature before I had gone to wow. Columbia and I was extreme I'm still extremely scared of like writing a feature you know it's it's a very daunting process you know and it's incredibly hard
0: quick question about the features do you feel like the three that you wrote like those are now in the past and now you're gonna be free to write your next feature which may become your first feature or do you feel like one or more of those three are are projects you'll revisit
2: later and rewrite and 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 continue to improve one of them is garbage, for sure. I will never, like, pick it up again. It was more <laughs> of, like, a... It was but more of, like, a post it online for everyone to see. Yeah, I'll post it on Vimeo so <laughs> yeah, you can please,
0: read it. Please. Yeah, please. <laughs> a, yeah. a Vimeo video of you pa- turning each page. Exactly. So it can read. And then you saying, oh, God, this is so terrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, <laughs> to, I hate this. Yeah,
2: he wants me to put more stuff on Vimeo. I'll do that. So, <laughs> um, no, but uh, two, I think, like... The two ones I wrote uh, a feature in I think my third or fourth year, and then one in my first year that were kind of similar, and I think that like told me a lot thematically of what I'm like interested in, and so, and so yeah, um, I think there'll be elements in like in in my work moving forward, but like those features will will not see the light of day. They were essentially just like, you know, practice. It was just practice, you know, and 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 I don't know if I would have had the courage to, to, to do that without like somebody forcing me, you know, to, to be like, Hey, like you need 20 pages by, you know, in two weeks, like do it. Right.
0: Yeah. I wrote my first feature in school. Uh, same, same reason just because out of being forced to in a, in a writing class. And then, you know, I lost it. Um, like a smart person. <laughs> what, do <you> mean, <laughs> so, what do you mean? You lost it? Like I like like the files. Like I lost the oh files. Oh no! And so, so now I have. I rec- was able to recover like the first twenty five pages. Oh, um, oh, which is probably pretty good to start from there and rewrite, anyways. Uh, because like as the movie continued, like it, like I, I needed it needed a lot of work. because oh, wow. I basically added new characters like fifty pages in that weren't didn't exist in the first fifty pages, and I was oh, like, wow. okay, well I should go back. But anyways. Yeah, but I can totally relate to why that that would be helpful. Um, and they also say like, there's I can't remember who, but some writer, famous writer, said like you got to write like ten bad scripts to get to your first like half decent like maybe okay script. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. So it's good that you're getting some of them out of your system first. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing about like you're saying, well, you know. Did the shorts help? Like, you know, was it good that I made these five in three years, whatever? I mean, I feel like the proof's in the pudding, right? Because, you know, there's a clear, adv- like just if you're looking at film festivals as like a validator or a validation tool, it's like your last one has gotten the most success. Obviously, you're growing, you know, from film oh, thanks, to film. Man. So that's that's pretty pretty much, I mean, an obvious like answer right there. Um, but you said your first one also had some success. Uh, the first one you made, the the, the swimming pool one.
2: Yeah, that w- that one played uh, at this really nice festival in France called Clermont-Ferrand, um, and it like premiered at uh, Los Angeles Film Festival. When, oh nice yeah well that that it's not a thing anymore they just like it's now defunct this year oh really like, yeah okay yeah they just stopped doing I, it but
0: i heard yeah. of it though i think like yeah, yeah it's the cool one it's it's yeah. it, it was
2: put on by film independent which is an amazing organization yeah. that helps out like oh so they're filmmakers. not
0: doing it anymore that's yeah crazy. they're not
2: yeah they're not doing it anymore but Nuts. um but yeah that was sort of like my first intro into the the festival world and i had you know i had I just wanted. I knew that when by the time that I left Columbia, I wanted to have like a short that you know could could kind of like be an example of like what I could do, and and I really like you know uh, this last short I made. I worked like I, I rewrote it like thirty times over the course of like a year and a half. You know. Oh wow. Like, yeah, it, it was pretty wild. I you know um, I would I found a lot of shorts I liked. Um, and I watched them like 20 or 30 times and, um, and I like rewrote the scripts to them. And so like, I would oh, wow. like watch the film and then like kind of try to imagine what the script was like and then sort of like break them down and like see how they worked. And this was like, this is not something that like Columbia made me do. This was just something that was like, well, I'm going to make like, you know, something successful this is maybe what i i should probably try to figure out how the other ones did it and then kind of like see try to figure out the patterns in between them and so i kind of like you know i found i there was a few that i really loved and then i you know kind of um you know uh tried to tried to break them down and so that's yeah so that that's what i think a graduate school should should do if anybody wants to skip graduate school maybe they should just do that (laughs) We should just watch short films. And so, yeah. when you were writing
1: uh, "Manila's Full of Men Named Boy," yeah, did you decide that you wanted to make a movie in the Philippines and then work backward from there, or did that story just kind of come about to you, and then it was like, "Oh, geez, I'd have to, you know, shoot that across uh, the world."
2: I mean, I had always known I wanted to make a movie in the Philippines, um, and I consistently like say that, like, I think this movie. Even though it's in the philippines i think could only have been made with somebody with my perspective i think because it's very much you know i'm a dual citizen and and so like my relationship to the philippines is very much like an insider and an outsider at the same time you know because i was born here and so i think that like yeah you know when i started to think hard about like you know those that you know elements you know, from different stories, kind of, you know, came as a collage, and I just started to put things together. And that's why it kind of took me so long to like, figure out what to like, you know, figure out how to how to tell the story. It took me a year and a half, because the story changed so many times. Um, It was originally like a drama and not like a, you know, very dry, dark comedy, you know, or dramedy, I guess, you know, I guess a, a, a drama with very sort of light humor you know, and so, Mm. um, so yeah, that's kind of how it came about, and then I started to notice these, like, you know, reoccurring themes that were happening throughout the the story, and I kind of, you know, just started to develop them a little bit more, and and that was it. What were some of the nuts and bolts in terms of, like, actually
1: having a, making a film there and, like, having a production there? Like, did you fly your whole crew over with you from Columbia, or did you people there. Uh, how to, how to yeah,
2: so I so on the festival circuit, I had met a lot of other Filipino filmmakers who were from Manila. Um, you know, and we you know we bonded because you know we were Filipino, and I had expressed to them, you know, you know a good friend of mine actually, his name is Carlo Francisco Manatad. I, t- I told him like, hey, like I have this idea for a film. Like, would you help me out? And he was like, yeah, let me know. Like. Uh, I'll, I'll, will we'll, we'll make this film together. And, and there was an, also another, um, girl in my graduate program. Uh, her name is Valerie Castillo Martinez, who ended up coming on as an executive producer. And Carla came on as a co-producer and they were the ones who kind of like helped facilitate, you know, the, uh, the logistics of, of being able to film there. You know, the, the only crew that I brought over was my DP, and my producer, um, you know, and yeah, and without them, you know, they were kind of like my my rocks, you know. Cool. They kind of they kinda of helped me when I would break down crying after said.
1: <laughs> were there any um I don't know what, extra hurdles in in shooting internationally, or did it feel like yeah, you're just anywhere shooting with any crew?
2: Yeah, well so I'll say this, like most of the movie takes place at like my, you know, uh like, my family's house, like, almost all of it. And so we have a house in, in Manila, uh, in Quezon City. Um, and so, you know, I visit a lot and had imagined a film there. And so I think the best part about, you know, shooting in the in in Manila was that I just got to, you know, have this, spend a lot of time with, like, this location, you know, and and, and my family there. And it, you know, caused me to reflect a lot about like what I was, you know, making and, and, and how to make it. And, you know, it was, it was, I felt prepared, but I wasn't prepared for, you know, the, the style of like filmmaking that, you know, is there. Cause I think the industry there is, is a lot different. And what I mean by that is that there's like no insurance there. And so, um, like a lot of gear comes with, with these, you know, watchers, uh, they're they essentially like take care and oversee um the gear and so your your crew you know what i thought would be like a 15 or 20 person crew all of a sudden just jumped up to like 60 because you know there's like you know three people watching camera and you know somebody you know operating the generator but also watching the generator you know like it just like grew and i think that was the challenge was like Oh wow, I have like a massive film crew right now. <laughs> How and then do you have I... to feed all
1: those people too?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's it's quite cheap though to to feed people in in Manila. It's, you know, uh, you know, because it, the cost of living is so low. And right. so that wasn't really a concern, but like the pressure of, you know, having 60 eyes watch you, you know, yeah. was 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 quite daunting. And so
1: Budget-wise, did you find that it was similar to the other short films people at like, you know, final year students at Columbia were making or did it cost you more or less to to do it there?
2: I think I think the the our budget w- was a third of what it would have be been in the US. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. And so I think it was cheaper, but I think the story could have only been told right. And,
1: worked out artistically you know, and economically.
2: I I felt like I made my film for i was scraping every penny you know but i've heard you know like other filmmakers at columbia you know who's who have pretty pretty large budgets that i'm you know very jealous of you know Mm. but i don't yeah so people
0: pay way too much money for their short films me included (laughs) so you know it's just a thing that happens these days but i mean i think people are getting better at it you know Uh, spending under five thousand on a short is like Seems somewhat reasonable spending yeah, over ten thousand on a short doesn't seem so reasonable. <laughs> You're talking about <laughs> out
1: of your personal pocket or as a total budget?
0: The total budget.
1: Because I think that's probably low. most people are making short films for more than that if they're
0: more than ten thousand. Yeah, but
1: they've got like a fifteen person crew and stuff. Yeah.
0: I mean, maybe I don't know. Like the last short I did with a like a twelve person crew, we we made for under fifteen. But that's just with donations and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, well,
1: wait, but donations you're counting to, oh, you're talking about people donating their time. Right. Not paying right. people. Well, what right. is the average, you don't have to tell us, your, what is the average budget of a like thesis film or whatever you call your final short film at Columbia? At
2: Columbia? I mean, I think on average, Ballpark. Maybe, I don't know, I want to say like between 15 and 20. Right. And then I've seen others, you know, made for upwards of, like, 50 or 60, you know? Right. I think think those are kind of, like, the common budgets. I think that, like, you know, probably, like, 40 is, like, kind of awkward because you could do a a lot but not enough, you know? And then, like, I think 15 is, like, okay, you understand what the budget is. You're, like, okay, you understand how you're going to work, you know? And then, you know, stuff that's, like, you know, 60 or something i feel like it's like oh you got a lot of toys or something you know so but uh, right that's not a criticism at all but like i mean you know it's just there's i think per the director's taste and needs you know um it just changes you know my film is quite simple like you know like there's i think like maybe 20 shots in the movie and i don't really direct with like super fancy camera moves or, and I don't like, like, you know, I don't need like a crane shot or something or like, you know, whatever. And so the cost of my filmmaking is I think quite low. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Nice. So with the film, so it's still in film festivals is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, But what's the plan for it when it's done with its festival run?
2: Yeah. I think that like, you know, we, we've been talking about some like online streaming services, maybe, you know, I think that like, I, I split the cost of the budget with with uh, with with the producer. I think he I think he kind of sees it like oh like let's see what what we could do with like in terms of money, but I I I just see more value in you know sort of releasing it online. I guess you know I think that's a couple of my my friends have done that and I've seen what it's done for them. Like a, you know my friend they released their their project online and it got you know you know uh, Vimeo. I think um, Vimeo staff pick or best film yeah. of the week or something, and right, and then and then like they got agents from there, you know, and so like you know, right. there's some value uh, from doing that, you know, and I think it's just, I think I think the thing is, is like festivals have certain premiere status stuff, and so if if you're trying to do the festival thing, be conscious of how you release it online, because sometimes right. it will make your film ineligible for some festivals, um, because they want to have like a they want to have you know draw people to the theater or something you know and so
0: right right well the other thing i've been seeing a lot lately is short films popping up on you know big time platforms like hbo will have a short film on their platform on hbo yes, now yes, or yes, on yeah netflix even i've seen short films on like yeah. netflix lately or hulu or whatever so there's, yeah. there's other avenues for shorts now yeah is that sort of one of the things that you're more interested in trying to to get a part of that and and it really to be honest it's like only seems open to prestigious shorts like they all everyone i've seen in that case has like some well-known film festival sure. listed on their you know poster so it's like south by southwest or Sundance or both or whatever, you know? So being, sure. being a part of those festivals, I think that opens you up to those sort of opportunities. You
2: know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think yes and no. Like I had a friend who, whose short is on the Criterion channel right now, you know? And I, I mean, he like won the short film Palme d'Or a couple of years ago at oh, wow! And so like, obviously like, you know, uh, somebody like the Criterion collection, like wants wants that, but then I have like a friend at graduate school who made a short that I think had, and I might be wrong about this, but had like maybe little to no festival play and still ended up on like HBO, um, uh, the Spanish HBO, and they got it, and so and you could watch his film like on 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 on, wow, on HBO nice. now, and so like I think that like I think it's just about um, yeah p- trying to. Trying to figure out, like, what your movie is, what the audience is, and then how to, like, you know, sell it. I guess that's just the film industry, I guess, right? So, so yeah. Yeah. I think there's... But, yeah, definitely different avenues interest me. Uh, I'm not sure, like, what the route is yet. I'm still, like, you know, figuring that out. But, you know, it's definitely, like, exciting that there's, you know, uh, outlets for that. Because for a long time, like, kind of shorts, you know, in the States, I guess... Kind of or just like a kind of considered a calling card thing, and now it's kind of like big and and it's huge in Europe, you know like shorts like are like a are really loved and uh, and considered an art form in Europe, and so like you know um it's just you know it's different, but I think in the states like you know its it's quite hard to to figure out how to monetize a short,
1: yeah, totally, how are you trying to leverage this? in that more calling card way i guess sure sure for another film or are you meeting people at these festivals we did touch on this but kind of yeah is is there anything tangible where it's kind of leading you to to get a, a, a firm grasp on what your next project is yeah
2: i think that like like i like i said before i think like my anxieties have been you know um quelled for a little bit i think um it's opened some doors and I've taken some meetings with, you know, some agencies and, you know, some, some, um, some like larger institutional, um, supporters. And, and so I think the thing that I am trying to do right now is just kind of hunker down and start writing. Um, I have like two feature film ideas that I want to do now. And, and I think that like, you know, I think, I think the thing to, to understand with shorts is that they, they, can get you attention but they don't like give you everything and i think that um it's been an interesting process i think they can i think what it is it's like this kind of like stamp of approval and it's just like oh hey, like this guy's good like maybe you should check out what he's doing next is is how i feel about you know the sort of like accolades considered with the short you know and so right, right.
1: that's kind of all you, i mean i feel like you guys are talking about monetizing shorts but i feel like that's kind of all you can hope to get from a short yeah yeah, yeah most people don't get that from a short but if you're getting some attention and you're getting into big time festivals and people want to have meetings with you that's 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 yeah. what a short is for right? yeah yeah right. i've told
2: right. i've told my producer like like look i've gotten what i've you know what i hope to get from it and and i, I felt like it you know money well spent and um you know and and i've in a in, in my own way have you know won i guess you know um mm-hmm. from what, <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> well i mean win by yeah, like totally what no, i, I mean, wanted i, to, I
0: totally see it that way yeah I mean, for sure if you get into south by southwest that's a win right yeah
2: i mean like i think that like you know it's it's uh, you know that's all i could hope for i guess is a way to put it but but yeah um and so, but,
0: but Isaac, it's not really about like talking about trying to get it on Netflix or HBO or whatever. It's not really in the context of monetizing, in my mind. It's more about the best exposure, because if you can get a million eyeballs or on Netflix that are ca- captive eyeballs versus. The internet, you can get millions and billions of people to watch it, but, like, you know, you don't really have their attention in the same way. Right. And it's not as prestigious, right? But as if you being have a like, movie on Netflix, like, know, that
1: is the end. That's the point of making a feature is, like, right, I can right. get, you know what I mean, to where, oh, yeah. you know, we're talking, it, It's it becomes less of a stepping stone thing and more of, like, oh, this can just be it. If I can make shorts and get them on HBO or Netflix or whatever. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. If if Netflix wanted to hire you to just make short films, like who would say no to that? Oh, dude, I'll do it in a second. <laughs> but 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 they're not but I don't think that's how it works. I mean, I think they're just picking up short films that are made independently and then they're probably not giving that much money, if any, to them. They're just giving them the the opportunity to be, you know, displayed and and seen by people. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my question is, like, now that you've gone through this process and you've had the success with this short film and you're, like, gearing up to do a, your first feature, do you feel like the avenues to making that feature are clear to you? Like, you see a path of where you could go and how you could get your feature made? Or are you sort of, like, kind of in the same boat as the rest of us? Like, okay, I have to figure out how to raise the money. I have to figure out, like, you know, all those details.
2: Yeah, you know, I had... um so, so I should say, like, I have two feature ideas. Like, one one is, like, I think, like, an ambitious project that I think will require, you know, like, a, a larger budget. And one is, like, one that, like, I can do like I did my last film, you know. And I think the challenge of short filmmakers that are, chal- that are trying to transition to feature films is that because you haven't made a feature, it, you know it's like a catch 22. Like you have like the accolades, but then people are like, well, you haven't made a feature. So I don't know that, you know, I don't, I can't really trust you. And so I think a lot, a lot of what people end up doing, is like just going out and making something and then gaining that trust and be like, Oh wow. Like they just went out and did that. I think that like, you know, I think, you know, you, you gain a certain reputation by just, you know, doing that. And, you know, I had a, a a mentor, her name's Eliza Hitman um and one thing i remembered from her fr- from taking her class um she mentored like my first year film at columbia uh, the swimming pool one um and uh, she had her thesis she went to cal arts for um for her for her master's and she her short played at sundance and something that um has always stuck in my brain was that you know she found it even though her short played at sundance she found it very hard to like gain financing for her film her first feature and so she just went out and did it and then played sundance again like two years later with her feature you know and i was just like wow like i had i had not known like going into graduate school that that was like even a possibility i thought like feature films were like done by like people with like a ton of money you know, like, you know, I didn't know that you could make a feature film for like, you know, $30,000 or $15,000. I just didn't know that that was possible. And I didn't even know how to do that, you know. And so I think that, you know, in the end, you know, I, I have I have one idea that is cheaper and I have one idea that's more expensive. But I, I'm I'm happy to say that I like that. I feel like good with just having these two ideas, you know. So. So, yeah. Excited. when are those scripts gonna be done who knows I hope I uh, <laughs> I'm just writing treatments right now until December and so yeah, I'm taking, So when you um, say
0: cheaper do you mean like you'll self-fund it or do you feel like you'll approach people with it and be like oh it's easier to make because it's like you know whatever under $50,000 or something
2: I think yeah I think one will be we'll probably try to like bootstrap and kind of like you know find money and do it, you know, in a very sort of hard way. And then one could be potentially financed, you know, through some connections that I've made with like, you know, larger entities, you know. Um, but I think that, you know, the most important thing is like, it just comes about down to like what the work is at the end of the day. And and um, like realistically, you know, I, I had taken a meeting with, um, with a with a with an agency in LA and like the guy that i met quickly like uh i think analyzed like the numbers and i was like oh interesting like you know this is he was like oh yeah like let's see the script we'll we'll kind of like you know make a financial assessment of it and i was like oh this is fascinating you know like i had not i don't i never i don't think about movies in this way and i and 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 maybe i should start thinking about it in this way but 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 yeah i don't know i think i think a cheaper one and a more expensive one you know that that could you know i don't know maybe have some stars in it which i kind of yeah. see as insurance you know yeah, yeah well it's
0: also good to have two because like if you're going if like say you're actually going to do the whole pitching thing you're going to go out and get meetings and you maybe you have representation like pitching one and then having another one if they don't like it, it seems to be something that people love, you know? Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. They love having multiple things to hear. Cause like, you know, not everyone's gonna connect with every idea. And the more you have, the the better your, your meeting's probably gonna go, you know? Yeah.
2: It's a game at the end of the day. And it's like, I think that, you know, kind of gotta, kind of gotta like, oh, maybe if you don't like this one, maybe you like this one, you kind of gotta sell it a little bit, so.
0: Yeah, totally but I guess the last question is going into Columbia. Now you're a year after that you've been out. Is this what you thought your life would be like? Leaving <laughs> Columbia? Or, or is this like far exceeding your expectations to have like five short films have written three features and then have, you know, one short that, you know, played South by Southwest and these other great Sh- film festivals.
2: Sure. I mean, I guess when I applied to Columbia, I kind of didn't know what to expect, like, I, I, you know, the first kind of thing I thought of was like, okay, you know, I'll come there, I'll see what the program has to offer me and like, you know, worst case scenario, maybe I can like, you know, make some, you know, I can direct commercials afterwards, you know, like maybe I can get, get the experience to like learn how to do that, you know, maybe like, you know, do some, you know, I don't know, like make a fast food commercial or something.
1: That's a pretty good worst case scenario. Yeah, Maybe is if you it? You want to sell fast food?
2: Yeah, yeah I guess so. I you probably get you probably make a ton of money and and right. You know, but you know, I guess when I entered Columbia, it wasn't in my sort of like realm of possibilities to like, oh, you as a filmmaker have the potential to like make a feature film. You know, I I just didn't I just didn't have that in my sort of, you know, um, in my in my line of vision, I guess, and. And, you know, I just started making films and, you know, uh, you know, some teachers were encouraging and, you know, and then I took this amazing first, this class taught by this professor named Tom Kalin It's called First Features. And First Features is this class that, you know, surveys, like, in his opinion, I think great first features of that current year so then you and then you kind of get to see what these filmmakers are doing at different budget levels so like you have like a feature done for like 15 and then another feature that's done for like 1.2 million you know like in the same sort of like class and you can like you know you talk about like you know essentially how you shoot the film is the budget of the movie you know like do you shoot tight you know are you shooting like a civil war movie that's like very tight to like you know try to hide that you know you know, for what, what you would normally have in a, in a larger budget, or are you shooting like, uh, you know, like a very fancy art film that, you know, where you can kind of do anything you want with a camera and that's going to cost this much money, you know? And, and so it started to really open up, um, the sort of, you know, how I kind of saw myself as a, As a filmmaker, you know, I always knew that I just liked art films and, and I'm still unconvinced that like, you know, I'll be able to financially survive from this type of filmmaking. I think a lot of people do, but you know, a lot of people end up becoming like professors and stuff at universities and graduate programs. And, and I actually don't, I I would love to do that just because I I just want to keep, you know, what makes me happy is, you know, making my films and, and, um, kind of doing my thing. And so, what i got from columbia yeah i guess i sort of discovered that like oh i guess I, i guess i could can do you know i can be a filmmaker like a and i think it just opened up a lot of different ideas of like what a filmmaker could be at varying degrees you know like there are you know art filmmakers who are gonna you know be professors and then there are going to be like you know there's going to be the guys who are making like big budget movies that are you know and and i don't th- i don't even know how to make like a action movie um and so i don't even think that that's in the realm of possibility for me but who knows maybe maybe i'll it'll ch- i'll be convinced otherwise but but yeah i think columbia that's what columbia gave me was kind of like the the sort of i guess self-confidence i think because i think you know making films is you know, obviously like the podcast is making films is fucking hard and it's it's hard not to to sort of like tie it to you know your self-worth you know and i think that the most important thing um to understand about making films is to understand one like your own artistic process which i think columbia gave me was just you know it allowed me to take time off to just develop my own sort of artistic understanding of like what I wanted to do and what I wanted to make and how to make my own films and yeah uh, you know the the you know the courage I guess to continue you know and yeah that's kind of I think that that's what graduate school and, and Columbia gave me at least is is the sort of you know the a good pat on the back like like a good job good job stephen <laughs> <laughs> nice right
1: and you gave it to yourself by you know five shorts and three scripts that's going to give somebody a lot more confidence that they can do it than than before that a lot
2: of a lot of reflecting too i think a lot of reflecting i think in the last short i think what i found was it's something that like a buddy of mine and i talk about a lot is like you know what's this like what's the elixir of this movie like what's this like extra thing that, like, this film has that, like, no other film has, you know, like, what makes it, like, special or something, and, I I mean, I don't know if the film is special or not, but, like, I think what I found in in it was something that I really enjoyed, I just felt like I knew when, like, a scene felt good to me, and that, I think that's what my friend was trying to express with this, like, kind of, like, elixir concept was just, like, oh, when does, when does the film like with everything that you know you know when is the when does this feel right or when does this feel good to make and and um and i think that that's, that just took like a lot of reflection i think and and a lot of a lot of missteps i think you know i think the missteps are the more important are more important than the uh than the um than the successes i think the missteps teach you a lot more you know and I, and i've missed up a lot at columbia i'll tell you that Misstepped up a, a a ton
1: i prefer successes
0: <laughs> missteps are good uh, well isaac do you have a final question before we wrap no, this that, up no I'm, I'm good that was good that was a good final whole nice cap on the thing now i want to ask about the missteps but we don't have time <laughs> we'll have to be for another episode All right. but Missteps. Um, but yeah, but thanks so much, Stephen, for coming on the show. And um where can people find your work? Do you have a website? Do you want to point people to? Are you on Twitter? Are you an Instagram person? Like where should yeah, people go? Yeah,
2: yeah. Just go to my website. It's just Andrew Stephen with a P H L E E P H L E E dot com. Um, yeah, you can just check it out there. It's just mostly trailers, but... Uh,
0: AndrewStevenLee.com. Yeah, Steven with a the PH. There you go. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and thanks again to Steven for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you, you, know, you, too. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then we'll put the trailer in the show notes as well. Um, to uh, It's so Men Named Boy, or what's the full title? I'm gonna it right.
2: <laughs> it's called Manila is Full of Men Named Boy yeah it's a long manila
0: title. is full of men named boy
2: nice. yes yeah, i, get, I why'd of, you
0: why'd you have such a long title why don't you just call it men named boy um
2: it's it's a total ripoff of a hemingway line so oh really okay yeah there you go yeah uh hemingway has this like short story called capital of the world and the first line of that is um madrid is full of boys named paco and i've always like loved that line oh so, uh, yeah yeah and so it's just totally like an homage to, to that that short story nice. is amazing you should read it by the way it's it's fucking phenomenal um, awesome
0: yeah uh, cool but then if you uh, want to learn more about this podcast uh, you can check out our website at com, where you can find to the, all the links to the things we talked about in this episode um, if you want to get in talk, contact with us directly you can send an email to podcast at MickeyMoviesIsHard.com Tell us. Uh, ask us a question. Give us a top suggestion. Um, I don't know. Tell us if it's uh, Stephen was a good guest or not, um, and, and we'll tell, we'll tell Stephen. <laughs> Or if Isaac's a good co-host, yeah, whatever you, you guys want. Can
2: you Yelp review <laughs> Can you Yelp review me or something?
0: Or? <laughs> yeah, I we're not on Yelp. That would be funny, though, if a podcast is on Yelp and you could give us reviews. This yeah. podcast is suck. Like, oh, well, we do have reviews. And, uh, you know, people oh, have Jesus. told us if they like us or they don't like oh, us Jesus. on the reviews. Oh. Um, but uh, <laughs> you can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at MMIH Podcast. I'm RB on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And Isaac is at Isaac Pingree on Twitter. And Isaac, and do you want to talk about your... My, uh, yeah, Freddie me my
1: Fred Eaglesmith movie. Uh,
0: if you have
1: <laughs> Amazon Prime, you can watch my documentary concert film called The Fred Eaglesmith Traveling Steam Show. Uh, you might like it, you might not, but I'll definitely make some eight cents
0: or something out of it, so... <laughs> Nice. <laughs> if you really want to help Isaac can't you go to Fred's website and buy the movie for 20 bucks or something and that'll really help you well
1: I, I don't I'm not asking someone to buy a 20 dollar movie to help
0: me if they really love the movie <laughs> they can do that or if they love Fred he they can right. do that right right yeah that's like you know that'll that'll get you more of the money will go back to the artist if you're doing it that way basically is what I'm, just what I'm trying to say yeah, but, but if
1: you're just maybe kind of interested, then I don't think it makes
0: – Then the Amazon Prime is the way to go. $20, who – yeah. <laughs> right, right. And then lastly, please, if you uh, like the show, tell a friend. You know, That's always a good thing to do. Or you can help us get the word out by leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. If this is still May when this is released, we're still doing our iTunes review contest, which we've already lost – um, <laughs> we we got six reviews in fourteen days in May, and then uh, our competition got the full twenty. Was it was a race to f- the first twenty five new reviews on iTunes, and our competition already got twenty five in in half a month, and then the second place person got twenty five. So you're admonishing your uh, listeners. <laughs> I'm just saying, up to the I didn't do a good enough job on Twitter and and Facebook and and all that stuff. Like all these, I think these other guys like tweeted every day about it. I like tweeted twice. So it's my <laughs> fault, but, uh, but yeah, Hey, I mean, I'm actually Everyone really glad else's fault. No, it's my fault. No, I should have written a
1: review, but it, is that ethical? Yeah. So now it's that ethical.
0: I'm co-hosting. Well, you've listened, you've listened to the podcast for years before you were a, a co-host. So I think that's totally fine. Um, right. I mean, well, Christ, sorry. the guy who won, they wrote reviews for themselves. Uh, I, I didn't do chairs. that. I, well, it's not what? cheating. How, is, I mean, how
2: can you do that? That seems
0: like... You could just log in and, you know, you oh, know everyone weird. has their own iTunes, you know, whatever. I mean, hey, I'm not saying that's a bad practice. I didn't do it. I wouldn't do it. But I'm not saying it's a bad practice, <laughs> Warren or or Matt. No offense. Um, <laughs> yeah, they won fair and square. But anyways, um, no, I'm actually really thankful for the six. I thought I was going to get far less because I did so little tweeting about it. I said I mentioned it once um so i'm really really honored that i got six new reviews and maybe more by now so we'll see anyways again too long of an outro thanks isaac for another great show steven great to to catch up with you man yeah thanks steven yeah no problem it was fun yeah and we'll uh we'll talk to you guys next week